Good evening. Welcome one more time to the University of Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare, where we teach you and we stir you up how to become warriors for Jesus. No more pussycats, no more little kitty cats rubbing up against the enemy's legs, but you must be a ferocious roaring lion, just as Jesus said you were. You are the righteous and you're as bold as a lion. It's August 8, 2022. We don't have a topic today, but we're going to be touching on several areas that are very vital, very important to what's going on in this era, in this time. First thing I want to touch on today is I can feel the spiritual temperature. I can detect the tempo of what's going on out there in the world. And, and from what I'm reading and from what I'm hearing, uh, most preachers today they stop preaching about the blood of Jesus Christ. Not all preachers, again. Let me say most preachers. They're not preaching about the blood of Jesus. They're not preaching about Jesus, the word of the living God, and Jesus in the capacity that he is and what he came for. They're preaching a gospel that is not compatible with what is going on out there in the world today. And we must make sure that we understand that we ought to preach what the Bible says about Jesus. Bring people in the Word and tell them what the Word says. Most people believe that Jesus is a wimp and a pushover and that someone you slap him around and spit on him. That's not, that's not the case. Jesus endured all that so that we would not have to endure that. Why? Because we're warriors, and we're of the warrior class. If we preach about the blood of Jesus, and our enemies get up in our face, we'll even invoke the power of the blood of Jesus against them. We'll tell them straight to their faces, the blood of Jesus is against you. And there's no hunger for Jesus anymore. There's, there's a malaise and there's a lukewarmness in the church. You don't hear about Jesus. You don't hear about the name Jesus. Every now and again, you might hear about God. And I taught you last week or this past week, also, that in the culture, there's a saying that in the name of God, in the name of God, they're invoking the name of God. What's his name other than God? His name is Jesus. In the name of God. What God are you talking about? The Bible says the devil also believes, the devil fears. The devil also believes in God. They also tremble when they come to know who the true and the living God is when you mention his name. So we must make sure that we're doing our part and telling people you must be born again. You need Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, you're not saved. And if you're not saved, you're going to hell. And when you go to hell, the demons will torment you in hell. And eventually the demons themselves will be tormented and everybody who follows the demons will be tormented in the lake of fire burning with sulfur. And we must also invoke that fire and brimstone. That's the only thing the devils fear. The demons are fearful of the brimstone and fire and that name Jesus. The name Jesus is a tormenting name to the demons. They ask Jesus, have you come to torment us before time, the appointed time? We know you who you are. You can put on a robe of flesh, come in a garment, that the garment they wore back in those days. We know you who you are. You are Jesus, son of the most high God. Don't torment us. We beg you, don't torment us. The time is not yet because they know they're going to the lake of fire. We must confront the demons of hell with fire and burning sulfur. We become tormentors of the demons by invoking the blood of Jesus, invoking the name of Jesus, and by invoking the word of the living God. You drive demons from you. They don't like to hear that. Lake of fire and brimstone, they don't like that because you, they know that you know. 
And the demon, that's what they want to do. They want to stop you from knowing. Satan wants everyone who call himself a Christian to be like a babe in Toyland. So you can come, and what they have, he'll take it like taking candy from a baby. And this is what most of the world and the Christians are. And a lot of churches, they get happy and loud music, and they sing, and they clap their hands, and they're gleeful. All that's good. But make sure you know how to wage war. As the heathens, the Antichrist, are raging now. They're under the, 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 the spell of Satan. They're under the liquor, the drugs of Satan, and they are raging. Nations have devised wicked schemes against God and against Jesus and against the Christians. But they all will fail and they all will fall. But do you know how to make them fail and fall when it comes to you? Because you see, the gospel is about you and what you're doing. So make no mistake about it. You must make sure you know and understand what needs to be done. Jesus said, or the Bible says, he says, no weapon, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon fashioned against you is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. You have the responsibility to condemn it. You can go to your bed and feel good all over, but if you're not condemning, the weapons will prosper. Understand carefully that protection is unlocked for the saints of God by the word of God that you declare. So when you declare the words of God, you unlock saintly, powerful protection because you're a child of God. And that's what the Bible says in Psalm 17, verse 4, concerning the works of men, the wickedness of men. By the words of God's lips, I have kept myself from the ways, the paths of the destroyer. It's a keeping of yourself from the ways or the paths of the destroyer. Is that what you're doing? Keeping the destroyer away from you and from your children, your little ones? If you're not doing that, you're wasting time. Your devil will beat you up. He's got three things to do. Rob, kill, destroy. And he does his job very, very well. I was talking uh, yesterday and I was teaching you. Uh, one Satanist said, hey, we can feel the low vibrational energy. We can feel that. We can harness that energy. And that energy comes from people suffering, in pain, sick, dying, and lacking. They, they emit a certain vibrational energy. And we know how to harness that energy because, you see, they thrive, they flourish on that energy because that's what they come to do. Rob, kill, destroy, and cause pain, suffering, oppression, hurts. And when they accomplish their job, when they accomplish their task, they flourish on that aspect of it. Yes, that's why they can feel that low vibrational energy. So I want you to know and understand that the Lord wants us to be on our guard. A protection is something must be utilized. The serpents, I told you today, the serpent people. And when Jesus talked about serpents, uh, Matthew 23 and verse 33, he says, you serpents, you generation of vipers. He was talking to a people. And he called these people serpents. What was he calling them? Satan's seed. He was talking to people. This is not a figure of speech. They are satanic. They are of their father, the devil. And Jesus labeled them and he called them serpents. They were so into Satan. He looked at human people and he called them what? Serpents. Generational vipers. Deadly vipers. That's what he labeled them as. And then he turns around and he says, Look, my children, behold, I give you power to trample upon these same serpents. 
Not physically, no. Spiritually. And over and the scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. And these serpents that have come down the generation line, these antichrists are rising up today in the same manner they rose up against Jesus. And I taught you so many times, how did Jesus respond to his deadly enemies back when? He responded by pronouncing seven times seven woes upon these wicked, evil people, the serpents. Well, we ought to be following and taking a, a page out of Jesus' book. How did he do it? The same way he did, the, when, he did when, he, when he met Satan. He fasted and he prayed. And he went and he told the devil, devil, it is written. And he quoted the scripture, what was written to the devil. How did he do it? He said, woe be unto you, Pharisees and scribes. And he told them what they did. And he said, your damnation is sure. Seven times he excoriated them. We're seeing these generational vipers rising up today. They're antichrists. They're descendants of the same people, the killers of Abel. They have come down the generation line, and they want to destroy the Christians today. Why? Same reason why Cain destroyed Abel. He couldn't see God. So the very next thing to God, what God admired, God loved, and God accepted the worship of Abel, he said, I'm going to kill you. Get rid of you. God didn't take my worship. I'm not going to make him take yours either. Envy, jealousy. And so are the serpent people, the Antichrist, are rising up. And they have got big money, large billions and billions. And they're in high position. They have bought governments. And they have got militaries and police forces and, and all manner of secret police here. And they have bought and paid for that. And they're rising up now against the Christians. What are you going to do to keep yourself? No matter how big and how bad they are, God still opens eyes of the blind and he still closes eyes that can see. He shuts seeing eyes. He confounds wise and prudent men. He stupefies people. And he still sends mighty angels to do his bidding. Because we are his children. There are people that call themselves, and they look at them, that themselves, these serpents and generational vipers. They look at themselves, and they, uh, and they call themselves very special. They believe that they have a speciality. They don't understand that they're lost out with God. All of what God gave to them, they never acknowledged Jesus. And they're lost out with God. They must understand that in spite of their money and what they had before, they are not believers in Jesus and they're not people of God. They're of the devil, their father. And Jesus told them that you're of your father, the devil. So we are not to, we're not to be fearful of these people. We are to make sure we stand up to these people and know them for who they are. The Antichrist, enemies of Jesus Christ, have large money. And they're doing everything today. Well, they can't catch Jesus to do anything against him, so they'll catch who? The Christians. Let me bring you back in history in the 1900s, about 1914 to 1920. There's a Christian genocide in Armenia. Armenia is over near Belarus, in those areas. In, 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 in Europe, two million Christians were dead near Turkey, north of Turkey. The Muslims slaughtered two million Christians. They killed them. That's right. Many areas of the of the world, Christians are slaughtered, but they didn't know how to fight. Didn't know what to do. But we know how to fight. We know what to do. We see the results from the Bible. When the church begins to pray without ceasing, God sends angels. Well, in the same manner, He must send angels for on our behalf when we begin to pray without ceasing. When Jesus issued seven woes to the scribes and the Pharisees, and exactly what he pronounced the woes uh, about happened, it's the same way it's going to happen for us. We have the Bible. 
The Bible tells us what the judgment upon the wicked will be. When we declare the word of God against the wicked, the Lord is going to bring those words into operation against the wicked. And we are seeing the wickedness of man unto other men. We are seeing colonialism. We are seeing slavery. We are seeing all these things. And even preachers and Christians have sold out Jesus and sold out their faith for 30 pieces of silver. We're seeing all those turnings, and we take a lesson from them. We, we see them turning and turning away from Jesus. We know they're going to go to hell. But when I queried the Bible and I queried the Lord, I said, God, where is your power? Why are your people so suffering? Why are we lambs to the slaughter? And the Lord showed me. He said, no, that's not what I gave him. I gave him a weapon of defense. They just don't know how to use it. It's there in the Bible. And he took me in and he began to reveal to me how to utilize the Bible as a sword of the Spirit. As Paul said, weaponizing the word of the living God. Jesus didn't mean for you to be slaughtered. Oh, we're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. What does that mean? It means they see us as sheep to be slaughtered. That's not how God looks at you. No, that's not what Jesus said. And, you know, we, 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 we've been taught a gospel that is, uh, well, they slap Jesus around, they spit on him, so it's okay if they slap me around and turn the other cheek. That's not the gospel. The gospel is a gospel of warring. Paul told us, he says, you must war a good warfare because if you don't, you'll end up shipwrecked. Paul also told us that even though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. We war after the spirit through, with what? Mighty weapons through God to pull down dark forces and strongholds. Confound, stupefy, blind the eyes of your enemy. Your enemies are too strong for you. So David said, but when David began to call upon God, God became extremely angry because, you see, the words that he called upon God with was the words that God gave him. He wrote 76 Psalms. And David said, when I called unto the Lord in my distress, my cry entered into his sanctuary. He went up in the very presence of God, in the throne room of God, in the courthouse of God, the courtroom of God. And not only that, but he said, also, my cry entered into his ears. How do you get your cry and my cry into the ears of God? Bible Code 7 teaches you that. You use the word. He watches uh, distinctly, vigilantly over his word to bring it to pass. And anywhere he hears his word, he is going to respond. And when he answered and he responded to David, the Bible says he was angry. Smoke came out of his mouth, out of his nostrils. Fire came out of his mouth, kindled coals before him. The earth shook and trembled, and he thundered from heaven. Why? His servant, David, man after his own heart. Why is he becoming a man after God's own heart? Because he used the word. And so must we utilize the word. And when we utilize the word, every dot over the eyes and every crossing of the T, God hears it. And he responds to it with his mighty angels. He has to. He must. Or else he'd be a liar. And he knows you are no match with the devil. He knows you are, you are no match with the witches and the warlocks. Your enemy is too strong for you. He knows that. So what's he going to do? He's going to come to your rescue. He's going to help you. And even though they surround you like bees, they encompass you. If you've ever, ever been in a swarm of bees, let me tell you something. That's not pretty. I've been surrounded by wasps. <laughs> and I got kissed by one of them on my cheek. 
And I know what it is to be surrounded by a bunch, a swarm of angry wasps. Okay? And I know what it is, but the, the will of the warrior says, in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They will not destroy me. I will destroy them. So bring it on. Me and my Jesus, me and the word of God makes a majority. You cannot touch me. Jesus told me I am untouchable. The word of God tells me I am untouchable. And I'm going to operate in that manner. And I want to bring you up to today as the times become tougher. The governmental powers will oppress the people more and more. And that's happening over the world today. More rules, more regulations telling you what to do, what you cannot do. Take away your freedom, take away your rights. Police enforcement power, soldiers enforcement power. It's happening all across the world today. Governments become tyrannical. As the economy gets worse and worse, we saw a police officer sitting on the road today. Was he there for? If you speed, they're going to write you a ticket. 31 miles an hour in a speed zone. You're going to get a ticket. Why? Because they need money. So they're going to oppress the people. They're going to harass the people more and more. That's happened time and time and time again. So governments become more tyrannical, more oppressive. Rights of people are taken away from them. You mash the line, they mash your toes. This is what's going to happen. Tyrannical power, intimidation and oppression is going to increase. By threats, blackmail, pressure, the stronger, richer nations across the world are trying to force the poorer, weaker independent states to submit to their will and follow rules that are alien to them. Right now, strong nations like America, Canada, the G7 countries are telling the African countries and the little weak nation, you must submit to LGBTQ. You must give gay rights to the people because if you don't, you will not get aid from us. If you don't, we will not allow you to have your people come here. You must submit. Well, these things are alien to them. And this, these, these things are being done with just one aim in view. The new world order, colonialism. You do as you're told. You obey. Blind obedience. And through that colonial, colonialism, this is to what? Preserve their domination. The centuries-old model that enables them to dominate everything in the world. You remember when Britain ruled the world and many islands and many nations were colonies of Britain. They had to obey. The modern-day colonialism is still here. And then you've got to understand that a model of this sort, a business model of this sort, can only be retained by force, penalties. And if you don't obey, they will harm you. And what does the Bible say? And this is Bible. The rich rules over the poor, rules above the poor. Borrower are enslaved. Borrowers become slaves. And this is what we see going on today. And it's going to become worse. I taught you this in the time of Genesis 47 when Joseph was the second in command to Pharaoh and the money failed. Which money is going to fail again in America, across the world? The stock market and everything is going to uh, drop like in 2008. There's going to be a great devaluation of money, the dollar. What does that mean? The dollar will still be a dollar, but it just means that gasoline is going to cost a lot more. Food and everything is going to cost a lot more, a big jump. That's what happened in 2008. going to happen again. The stage is set. These things are coming. And this is why I keep teaching you and preaching to you and encouraging you that what you see going on, you are to prepare yourself for it. 
Get some common sense. Get some food, foods in your house. Can non-perishable food. Make sure you're prepared. Do what you can do to tighten your belt. Jettison what you have to jettison. Tighten your belt and prepare because certain things are coming. But more than anything else, you are to prepare yourself spiritually. Learn how to war. Jesus still multiply fish and bread. Jesus still multiply the little barrel of meal and the little oil in the jar. And if that's all you got left in your house and you speak the word and you have faith in the Lord and give God his portion first, he'll multiply what you have and take you through until he returns. That's my teaching. He cannot fail. He cannot lie. That's Code 7 Warfare. I saw something, I read some articles yesterday, and I read something again today which reinforced what I read. And it came to me as an article in the, in, in the news media. I saw it yesterday and a couple of days ago, but I saw it again today. I saw a certain people, national leader. Well, he, he was saying, people who don't agree with them, people say, well, we don't agree with your position. Anyone who writes and makes statements contrary to what they're saying, he says, we're making a list. And if you don't agree with us, we're going to put you on our enemies list. And I laughed and I said, good God, he's making a list of his enemies. But this guy's serious. Because you see, these people, they, the devil's people, they don't forget and they don't forgive. With us, the Bible says we must forgive. But it doesn't mean you should forget. So you know what came to me today? I say in the same manner, we're going to forgive you, but we won't forget. And we know you're an enemy of the Lord. We know you're an enemy, a wicked person. And I found, I began to pray and intercede with the Lord. And you know, I said, I'm going to get a book. And I'm going to make a list. Of all the enemies, the Antichrists, those who are wicked and prominent that boast themselves, I'm going to make a list of all those names. I'm going to make a list of the ringleaders of the Antichrists. All of the Jesus-hating people that are out there, the ringleaders that put themselves up, all the Judases, all the ringleaders. I'm going to write their names down in a book, just like our enemies uh, uh, making a list of their enemies and prophesy against them <coughs> just like Ezekiel did. And I'm, I, I, I'm going to do that. You know sometimes when we're asked to pray for people, somebody give you the name of a loved one, a family member, and you write the names down, and you have a book where you pray for people, said, Lord, I'm praying for these people. I got prayer requests that I'm still praying on. And I'm praying for our, our people and our church. And I'm praying for your children. I'm praying for that. I lay my hands on it. I say, Lord, remember your children. I cover them under your blood. And I'm praying for them. Well, I'm going to have an enemies list too. And not just an enemies list. I'm going to say, God, if they, don't, if they don't repent, I know what you're going to do. You're going to render your judgment upon them. And if your judgment means taking them out, then so be it, take them out. I'm going to put all the pedophiles' names that I see in there. I'm going to put all the wicked people's names in there. And God, God you, you are going to take care of them. If they don't repent, we pay for their, pray for their soul salvation. But they don't repent, you'll render judgment upon them. You know what to do. So we're going to make a list. We're going to write their names down. Blasphemers. Go write your name. He's either God go save them, or he'll render the right judgment upon them. You hear what I'm telling you? Where'd you get that from? Ezekiel, the 11th chapter, in the first verse, it says, Moreover, the Spirit lifted me up. This is Ezekiel talking. And he brought me unto the east gate of the Lord's house, which looks eastward, and behold, at the door of the gate, five and twenty men. Twenty-five men among whom I saw Jezaniah, the son of Azur, and Pelatai, the son of Benaiah, princes, leaders, prominent leaders of the people. <clears throat> Verse 2 said, Then said he unto me, Son of man, these are the men that devise mischief and give wicked 
counsel in this city. So what was God doing? God was showing him. You see these men here? Put them on your prayer list. That's exactly what God was doing. Put them on your prayer list. Because in verse 4, Ezekiel, <coughs> Ezekiel 11, verse 4, check it out for yourself. Please turn your Bibles there and follow my reading because I don't believe I'm telling you any kind of stuff. I want you to follow what I'm telling you. Ezekiel 11, verse 2 says, He said to me, Son of man, these are the 11, these are the men that devise mischief and give wicked counsel in this city. He identified the 25 men, two of them especially. Ezekiel knew two of them. But God revealed the 25 men. And in verse 4, the Lord told him, Ezekiel, therefore prophesy. Don't pray for them. Prophesy against them. Prophesy a second time. O son of man. Don't pray for them. Prophesy, write down your names, and declare against them. Is that in your Bible? Don't pray for them. Don't waste your time. Because I want to do something when you do what I tell you to do. Prophesy. And you see what he calls Ezekiel, son of man. You know that it was a title reserved for Jesus. Jesus used himself, or called himself the son of man. And here God is calling Ezekiel, son of man. Huh? And he told him, write their names down, son. 25 of them. You know two of them, Jezaniah and Pelatiah. Write their names down. And your assignment is to prophesy against them because he stipulated. Verse 4, Ezekiel 11. Therefore, son, prophesy against them. Prophesy the second time, son of man. Meaning, get busy and prophesy against them. And we know in the 13th verse what happened. That's your homework. Go look at the 13th verse of Ezekiel 11 and see what happened. The Bible says God killed Pelatiah. Pelatiah dropped dead. Who made him drop dead? Well, Ezekiel, you do the prophesying and you leave the rest to me. The righteous judge. Please don't tell me. They make a list of your name. They make a list of the pastor's name. They make a list of Christians' name. Go ahead, buddy. Suit yourself. But I'm going to put your name on the list. I'm going to prophesy against you too. You're either going to repent or you're going to perish. One of the two of them. I pray that you repent. But if you don't repent, you're going to perish. So here's your scripture. Here's your foundation scripture. Prophesy against them. And please, we don't say, God, kill him. God, kill him. You might hear me say, God, why don't you kill him? <laughs> I only kid about that because you see some people are just wicked. But if a wicked man turns from his wickedness, God will forgive. And that's what we want. He will do wickedness no more. But if he doesn't turn... The righteous judge will do what he has to do. He'll render judgment. Well, one way or another, that's up to the Lord. But he will render judgment. So we're seeing this elite, wicked, worldly rulers, uh, their way of solving problems <coughs> is to get rid of the people. And that's what they're planning on doing right now. They're planning war. Their agenda is depopulation of the earth. Nobody is talking peace, peace. Nobody is going into negotiations and having, are looking for a peace treaty. Nobody, no nation. When Russia tried to talk with Ukraine uh, back in March somewhere, uh, Mr. Johnson came from England and said, no, we don't want peace. We want war. You know what they want? They want to break up Russia. They want a war. They're after war. Fulfilling the scripture. The reason why you, you know, why, where, where does war, whence cometh war from among you? You want something that you don't have. You covet. And you want war. You covet what somebody else has. And that's what they're doing. They're looking to break up Russia. Number one. Number two, they're looking to depopulate the earth. They know 
that from a war, two billion people are going to die because they know Russia is a nuclear power. They know what they're doing. Don't go saying, forgive them, Lord, they don't know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. These are the elite, wicked, worldly rulers solving problems. How do you get a nation, or get the nations to become sustainable so you can have sustainable development? You get rid of the people. No people, no problems. Food short, no problem. Get rid of people. And you solve the food shortage problem. And then what? The elite rulers, they win. Because they would have solved the problem. Break certain things up. That's what it calls build back better. How are you going to build back better? You destroy what you have. Creative destruction. You destroy what you have now. Destroy lives. Destroy people. Destroy system. Destroy the money. Destroy everything. And build back better with a new system. Out of the ruins, out of the ashes, another, a phoenix rises, a new system will rise. Well, this is what they plan on. And I've read hundreds of books. I've been reading books from my high school days. I was required to read a certain amount of books. And the books told us what's going to happen in today. And those books are written 50-odd years ago. And this is what we see going on now. The elite rulers are pushing their plan, their objective into play. Right now we're looking at Europe. Europe is going bankrupt. Russia was supplying them cheap, cheap, cheap gas, natural gas, less than $50, or just about 50 or $60 per thousand cubic meters. They were using the gas to smelt uh, iron and copper and aluminum and all that kind of stuff. Make metal. They build cars, make factories, trucks, heavy equipment, steel beams, and all that kind of stuff. Europe is going bankrupt now because they can't afford gas to drive the electric generators for the electric plant, the turbines. They can't afford gas to smelt metal. And they're going more and more bankrupt. Their people will be fleeing like rats from a sinking ship. And the Lord just revealed this to me today. As these places go bankrupt, people have no jobs. People are going to look to leave Europe. They're going to flee like rats from a sinking ship. Where will they go? I said, God, where are they going to go? <laughs> you know what the Lord answered me and told me? They're going to Africa. <coughs> They're going where? Africa. Is this your plan, God, to get some people out of Europe and get them into Africa? That's part of the solution that God has because they're going to leave with their money. Why would they want to stay in a place that's broken up? War is going to be there. <coughs> One way or another, they're going to leave a broken up place, a war zone, a place of death and dying, and they go to somewhere else. This is what it is. If you have a famine in a place, you don't leave that place of famine and go somewhere. You have no water there. You leave that place. You go where the grass is greener. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to be running like rats from a sinking ship. And again, I was just looking and praying and uh, talking to the Lord. And Lord, I said, where are they going to go? I said, God, they're going to go to Africa. I taught you this before. Jesus was in Israel as a baby. Trouble came. Herod was looking for all the little baby boys to chop their heads off. What did God do? He told Joseph, Joseph, in a dream, take the child and his mother and go down into Egypt till I bring you word again. Herod is going to look for the baby to kill him. So the very same night, early morning, Joseph got up and he saddled the donkey took the gold, frankincense, and myrrh that was gifted to Jesus, and he went to Egypt, walked right down into Egypt, and he stayed there until the Lord came to him and gave him a vision. Come out, leave Egypt, go back home. Herod is dead. You had a nice vacation, but I killed Herod. Give him enough rope, rope to hang himself. He's dead now. Go back to uh, Israel. 
And he went and he left and he went to Nazareth with baby Jesus. We, Jesus grew up in Nazareth, but he had to be called a Nazarene. So what we see happening right now, in spite of what's going on and how everything is happening, the pieces of the dominoes are coming in place. The Lord says, I have a plan in all this, because you see, nothing takes God by surprise. Another thing we're seeing on the world's uh, scene today, we're seeing a supply and demand scenario playing out. Long as cheap oil prices were there, people will take advantage of it. Russia is saying to China and India, I'm going to give you oil at a reduced price. And China and India are saying, we want it, we'll take it, we need oil. All the other countries are saying, no, you don't take it. Buy oil from somewhere else and pay the full price. They say, no. When we use oil, we're looking for our, for, uh, for our people and our nation. You, we have no problem with that. We're not getting in a war with anything. We're going to be a good neighbor. <clears throat> we're not getting involved in the internal politics of any country. You don't want, you have a problem with them, that's your problem. But we'll take the cheap oil. Buying cheap oil from Russia, our economies will explode because oil runs the world. And that's why India right now is the single most uh, best performing economy in the world right now. Every other economy is going down. India is going up. India has 1.3 billion people, second behind China, with 1.5 billion people. And India is doing extremely well. China is kind of hipping and hawing because they had a COVID lockdown. And they have a drought situation there. So we're looking at a supply and demand situation. When the supplies are abundant, the price goes down. There's not so much of a demand for it. And that's what's happening with Russian oil right now. Nobody wants to touch it. And, and India is saying, we'll take a supply. We get it at a certain price. And because we get it cheaper than the world price, our economy is going to what? Explode. And that's what's going on. In the current crisis, the federal government is trying to give the people and the distribution companies a helping hand with freshly printed money to cover the higher energy costs. That's what Europe is doing. Energy costs are going up, so what do they do? They print money to buy more oil. But it's not increasing the supply of energy. They're not increasing the supply of oil or gas. They're only printing more money, so what's that going to do to their economy? It's going to leave their economy in shambles. Inflation. <coughs> so all these leaders must learn math. The eliminated supply that was taken off the market must be replaced or else you still have too little oil or too little gas. So you have to print more money to buy the same amount of limited gas. So what are you doing? You're killing your economy. You're killing your economy. You're killing your people. Everything else is going to go up commensurately. Food's going to go up. Transportation is going to go up. Why? Because you're printing more money. You're not solving the problem. To solve, to solve the problem, you need more oil, more energy, more gas. So they'll stay low. But because you have less of it and the demand is high, you have to print money to purchase it. And this is what we see happening in the world today. Inflation. That's why a loaf of bread is going to cost a day's wage. The Bible tells us that error has come upon us. One loaf of bread for a denarius. Not that there is no bread, but it's very expensive. A day's wage. We're seeing people right now, they can't afford to eat. People are uh, food challenged. People are working. And their paycheck has not moved. We all buy gasoline and food, and we can see the prices going up. I went in the store today, 
when I went in the store, I went to purchase certain things. And if it's not on sale, you buy one, get one free, or it's something I need and the price suits me, I'm not buying it. I don't buy food just to, uh, you know, snack foods and all that kind of I don't do that. It must be on sale. You know, like fruits, they sell them out, buy one, get one free, or they sell them out before they, 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 they get sour, they get of no use. That's the only way I buy. And I don't buy things frivolously because all these little things take a dent out of your money. So this is what the supply and the demand situation. And today we are seeing the entities, global entities, such as the World Economic Forum, pushing for a radical reset. Remember the great reset of the society? And they promised to handcuff the free markets, the supply situation, with regulations, and they concentrate power in the hands of a few people. This is what they want to do. This is their intention to regulate you, bring you down. And their intention is to reduce the population, regulate everything. Have you read how many food processing plants, chicken plants, have closed down? 45 million chickens and turkeys and all that plus have been purged, killed, called because of bird flu. Food processing plants are burning down all over. Food warehouses are burning down all over America. I got this feeling in my gut. And like I told you this past week, the devil says he's going to make fire come down from heaven and burn stuff up. How come all these food plants are, are, are being burned down? And this has been going on for several months. Food plant here. Food processing, processing plant. Meat processing plant over there. They don't have flammables in there, like a warehouse that stores paper stuff. How come all these places are burning down? Something is kind of suspicious here. We're seeing uh, there's this like a hand bringing about a supply situation where they reduce the supply intentionally to increase demand. Because when the demand is there and the supply is there, it's going to make everything go sky high. Fulfilling what the Bible says, that one loaf of bread is going to cost a day's wage. And when people can't get that bread because they can't bite, they'll starve to death. They'll fall in line and go to the government and say, I'll, uh, I'll be a slave. Feed me. Take care of me. It happened before in Genesis 47. They told Joseph, we'll be your slaves. Buy us. Use us as slaves. Just don't let us start. They begged. And this is your intention now. But guess what? David said, I was young. Now I'm old. I'll never see the righteous forsaken. Now any of his children begging bread. You'll never beg bread. Because no matter what you have, Jesus will multiply it. This is not for you. But this is what they're bringing the world into. They are making the world come into that uh, arena. They are making situations of such that this is how they're going to bring people to their knees. Many people are going to die. They'll look at the aged and the infirm people and say, you don't need to eat. You're too old. You're sitting in a wheelchair. You die. That's coming. Hitler did it in World War II. Why it makes you believe they won't do it again? They'll do it again. They have all kind of economic plans and planners, planning and designers that have designed all these things. And they are going to run the show. They're going to believe that everybody's going to die. And they promise us a future where the people own nothing and you'll be happy. That's what they said. Mr. Schwab, put that out. World Economic Forum, and he says, you will own nothing but you are guaranteed to be happy. Why? We'll take care of you. And by the way, when, he's, when you look at the picture, you saw the picture of a young man. You didn't see no middle-aged people are senior citizens in that picture. And they ain't got no room for senior citizens. But Klaus Schwab is over 80 years old. It doesn't apply to him. Well, he's one of the guys with the big money. He's the brain behind everything. 
Bill Gates is there too. And they belong there. The Antichrists are there. Hmm? There'll be no free and productive society. But yet you'll be happy. How can a future which energy is controlled, your bodies are controlled by the multinational corporations, how could it provide individuals with the happiness? Huh? How can you be happy when you're being controlled? How can the farmers grow and do what they have to do when the government tells them what to grow and when to grow stuff? Don't raise any cows. Don't plant crops. Regulation, regulation, regulation. And something happened, uh, they announced today. Queen is dead. Queen of England, 96 years old. She's dead. After such a long time, she started her reign at 25 years old. So her era is dead. Many people loved her. Now remember this same queen. I had a, when I was a little boy, we had a line up on the streets. And one day she was passing in a black, uh, I forgot what kind of car, Rolls Royce or some car, and she was waving. And we had this line up and wave at the queen, and this, the streets were all lined with little children. And my, my uh, uh, notebook was, uh, God save our queen. <laughs> we were colonial subjects to the queen. I remember that those days. Oh, the queen, that era is a dead era, gone now. And Charles, her son, the third, is now King Charles the third. And if you don't know anything about Charles, he's a very rabid environmentalist leader of the climate change movement. And when he speaks, he talks climate change. He's head of the Freemasons, secret society. Not only is he head of the Freemasons and the head of the climate change movement, but now he's in the driver's seat of the New World Order. And if you don't know it, you know it tonight. The New World Order, that man is in the driver's seat of it. He's the head of the climate change movement. He's the head of the Freemasons. He's now King Charles III. And I told you before, and America, home of the free and land of the brave, America is being controlled by England. America is, is used as muscle, military muscle, worldwide policemen, used by England. You watch. Donald Trump went to England once, and when he went there, it was a fiasco. I saw pictures years ago of Obama when Obama went there. And when Obama went there, he had a suit on. And Harry and William were in shirt sleeves. And they took pictures of this. And Obama was there standing as, with his hands in front of him. And I said, wait a minute, something is wrong with this picture here. Look at these two young boys. This is a grown man, president of the United States of America. Look at how he is dressed up. And these boys have dressed down. Something is wrong with this picture. And the Lord began to show me, always whenever a president comes to the United States, a new president, he has to go to England. The queen has never come here and come to the White House. No. A president always has to go to England. Always. And then Donald went to England. And Donald made a mistake. He didn't walk behind the queen. He took big steps and he walked in front of the queen and the queen with a little short self and bow legs was running to catch up to Donald Trump. And the British, oh my God, I wrote, I read an article. The British, they were incensed. They were incensed. They turned red in the face. And they were in a very brutal manner. They despise Donald Trump. You walked before our queen. Our queen had to run and catch up to you. You're supposed to walk a step or two behind the queen. And by the way, you didn't see that in the news media. That was one of the British um, uh, uh, magazine where they wrote that. 
But you know, because of my reading voraciously, though so they despise Trump. So know something here. America doesn't run England. England runs America through London, the money spigot, Bank of London. He is the head, Mr. Prince Charles, no, oh, oh, King Charles, <laughs> got to give him his title, of sustainable development. Environmentalist leader, head of the sustainable development from the UN. And sustainable development is run by the UN and by the World Economic Forum. And he is the head man. Let me tell you, he is not a good man. He is an evil man. The king of England or the queen of England is supposed to be saying that when they become king, they are going to be the defender of the faith. It's supposed to be the Christian faith. He said he is going to be the defender of all faiths, not of just the Christian faith. What does that make him? Makes him an evil man. You hearing what I'm telling you? And this is why there's a shift. And I don't know why the Lord spoke to me on the 6th early morning. He told me that the moment of truth has come. I don't know if it had anything to do with what transpired today. But I see something here now. Because I see a man taking a seat of power. King of England. He has become king. And by de facto being king of England... He's also king over uh, the forces, the Western countries, the Western forces. He's also now the de facto head of America. He's also now the man that's in the environmentalist leaders, sustainable development, the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the New World Order, the Freemasons. This man is now ascended to the throne. Is it any wonder the Lord told me there's a new, uh, 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 the moment of truth has come? She wasn't dead on the 6th, the early morning. She's dead today. So a day before, I believe the Lord has revealed her death and her demise uh, a day before and told me that something has shifted. And he told me there's a dark shift, a monumental shift. And I believe that this shift is occurring today. He's going to be inaugurated tomorrow. And I won't be spending my time watching television. But I'll read about it. Because you'll see, he has got to be either the defender of the faith, the Christian faith, or the defender of all faiths. And it will come out. But I want you to know what's going on in the world today. By now I'm telling you all this stuff, you must be worried sick. Well, don't you worry one bit. Everything is going according to the plan. Jesus is not in heaven drinking mailox. Have you noticed how Jesus is uh, turning off water? Water is key down here, you know. Water is turned on by God himself in China, Europe. All the rivers are drying up. What do you say? I'll make your rivers dry up and I'll make your fish stink. And that's what he's doing. Who can defy him? <clears throat> People believe they can defy Jesus. You can't defy him. The Bible says all judgment has been given unto the Son. So who's doing all this down here? God? In the name of God? No! You better learn how to deal with Jesus. There's no substitute for water. Ahab and Jezebel found that out the hard way. Water is essential for food production, electricity generation, for all sustenance of life on earth. No water, no life. Worse than drought means less food. It's the worst drought in 500 years, plus they're saying. And all nations are bracing for impact. Praise the name of Jesus. We're getting some good showers. We had a good shower today. Thank you, Jesus. There's a massive population from Europe, I'm telling you, and they're heading for Africa. The Lord showed me that. Now I want to bring your attention to something that happened here. How will the globalists control? They're going to control like they did. They gave their hand away in Canada a couple months ago. The truckers were demonstrating. 
the truckers went to Ottawa, the capital, and they parked. And they raised money through GoFundMe. Well, it wasn't exactly GoFundMe. GoFundMe failed, and they used another uh, fundraising mechanism. And the people who donated to that fundraising, they locked their bank accounts. Did you hear me? They locked up the money. Nothing moved. The banks locked up every penny. Everybody who donated, they locked their private bank accounts. They couldn't get their money out of the banks. Their accounts were locked. Not closed, locked. Inaccessible. Governmental controls. And if private bank accounts can be seized to intimidate protesters, these are the price that people are going to pay for ensuring compliance because they want you that you must comply. How are they going to make you comply? Money. This is what the World Economic Forum is going to do. How are they going to have a controlled economy? Because they're going to come with a digital currency. You can't have cash paper. You can't have stuff. How are you going to do? What are you going to do at that time? Because they can shut you out from your money. Well, you've got to learn how to work around them. Many states say that you can have silver, and they can use silver for the payment of debts, D-E-B-T-S. You see our elected political leaders today are stabbing their electors, the people who elected them, in the backs. Because they sell out to the World Economic Forum for 30 pieces of silver. They have dragged their nations into the horrible feudal past. They are part of the problem. So make sure you know what's coming. Get ready for what's coming. Because in the near future, Everything will be digital. But if you have silver and you can use silver as a means of saving off and paying, your, paying what you need to pay or buying food, then make sure you do. Because all these things are going to happen. And we can see the handwriting on the wall. But more than anything else, make sure you know Jesus as Lord and Master. Make sure you're saved. Make sure you're plugged into him. And make sure you use his words. Because when you use his words, your words that you use will enter into his ears. It will not only go in his sanctuary, it will go in his ears. And the response that David got, God became angry at what they were doing to his servant, the man after his own heart. He will give you the same response. He'll come to your rescue. He'll bend the heavens and come down. Fire will come out of his eye. Fire will go before him and devour, destroy every enemy around about him. And that's why we can look at the demons of hell and all of what the governors and the wicked worldly rulers are doing and say, in the name of the Lord, you surround me like bees, but in the name of Jesus, I will destroy you. Put my name on your list. I'm going to put your name on my list too. For in the name of Jesus, I'm going to destroy you. And all these evils are being corrupted to the max. Well, they're attempting to corrupt, corrupt us. But only Jesus can help this nation, this world. So let's not soil our garments in this world. We're supposed to be salt and light. Let's stay as salt and light. Let's preach the name, the word, and the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed of him. And don't be lukewarm. Make your list of names. Hello. <laughs> oh, I got something going on here now. And begin prophesying against them. Don't let them prophesy against you. Don't be intimidated by them. Put them on your list. They want to put you on their list? Good. Write my name now. And by the way, tell them how to spell your name correctly. <laughs> and when they spell your name correctly, anything they say against you, send it back to them sevenfold. Every curse they'll ever let you, uh, let the curses backfire upon them sevenfold. They take no delight in blessing, 
Let no blessings come to them, Lord. That's what Code 7 Warfare is all about. Weaponizing the everlasting word of God. Now, you can't fight God. And you can't fight his word either. What's our weapon of warfare? The sword of the spirit. Exactly what the Bible tells us. Mighty weapons through God to pull down any and every fortress. The word of the living God never fails. We're going to put their names on the list. I'm starting tonight. I'm going to get my book. Matter of fact, I'm going to get my book out right now. I'm going to put their names on my list. And I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start prophesying against them. That's what the Bible says. And I obey my Bible. Got my book out. Got it on my desk. Put a pen inside that book. And I'm going to get their names written in there. Yeah. And the Lord is going to take care of them. You either repent or you're going to perish. But you're not going to fire any fiery arrows at me. And my fiery arrows going to get back at you. Anything you send my way is going to go back to you seven ways in Jesus' name. Code 7 Warfare. I'm a warrior. You rile me up? Thank you. Because in the name of the Lord, I will destroy you. I shall live and not die. And I will declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. Go to BibleCode7.com. You need a book. You need a strategy. If you have a book, read it over. Read it over. Read it over. Get something new out of it. Revelations from God. Utilize it. Get it. Become an expert in it. And make sure that you're warring a good warfare. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace, both now until Jesus returns. Have yourself a fabulous and victorious night. God bless you.